Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Chris Pray. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. Wow, who was that that just said, ooh, you get $100? Yeah, yeah, there they go. Ooh, yeah. Everyone gets $100 in heaven. Yeah, um, calling out their sin, you said that? Yeah, I, there's about 17 people the Lord gave me your deepest sin. And I just, so when I call your name, just humbly stand. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it's good to be back. I, uh, I'm loving this tent with this weather and, and the breeze that comes through every now and then. Uh, this is great. Um, last time I was here, you didn't meet my lovely wife, and she's sitting in the back. She just went, oh, no. So I'm going to ask my beautiful wife to stand. So my wife, Laura. There we go. We are in year 43. Now, I look like it. She doesn't look like it, but I, you know. <clears throat> For years, people said, is, is this your oldest daughter? No, it's my wife. Oh, how many years difference? Two. <laughs> and they go, really? It's only two? And I have dear friends, um, Ryan and Joy, Roy, right in front of them with their three beautiful daughters, and they've come today. So um, love on them and hand them money before you go. So uh, <clears throat> I appreciated Nathan's word. I've, I've pastored for years, and getting up and talking about Matthew 5, Matthew 18, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, but he did it with love and grace, and uh, uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why... I just said yes when they said, would you come and just kind of consult and just kind of hang with us as a dad? And, and uh, I saw his heart in a couple of lunches and just went, oh, yeah, this will be really easy. I, um, I love that man. I love his family um, and his, his younger brother as well. Is he over there? There he is. Hey, handsome. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wow, $100 sure, but no. <laughs> uh, John 17 says this, <clears throat> uh, 17, 20, 21. I don't pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent them. And John 15, 17 says this, these things I command you that you love one another. I don't know about you, but... Um, if you watch the news, life seems to be a little fractured at the moment. Does anybody else? I mean, it really doesn't matter what news show channel you watch. Um, it's, it's just, it's tough news. Um, there was this one guy, what was it, John Krasinski, is that his name? The guy from The Office? He had a good news thing for a while there. Did you see that? That was kind of fun. It was just all about a half hour about good news. And I just thought it was great. Um, and, 
I, I, we need more of that. But our, our present, here's the, sometimes we think, oh, this political world is, is creating chaos uh, in our life. And in, in some regards, maybe, but it's the culture that creates chaos. Culture creates chaos in the political realm. It's not the political realm that is the initiator of chaos. There's a culture underneath it um, that, that brings that. And <clears throat> Jesus is commanding unity. I command uh, these things. I command you that you love one another. It's just interesting. He, he so rarely uses that particular Greek word, which means to command or to order now. It means to order now. It means get in line now. And, and he doesn't use this, this word hardly ever uh, else in, in his sayings. And he's, so when, when he speaks it, you kind of go, okay, we really need to love each other well. We need to love each other well. And <clears throat> uh, being married for low these many years, um, one of the things that I have learned that love, you know, uh, some of the loves, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. And we've had some really dippy love songs. You know, I, I don't know about you, but so I, I, I'm not even thinking of which ones they are now. But just, you know, uh, Paul McCartney had one love song that was, I love Paul. I love the Beatles. But it was just so saccharine. Uh, kind of a love song. And, and love, you're married for a while. Love is not two people walking hand in hand looking at each other and gazing as they walk along, because if you do that, you will fall off a cliff. <laughs> Love is having the same vision. It's, it's looking in the same direction. It's continuing to walk side by side, no matter what storms come your way. And on the other side of the storm, you're still there. <clears throat> and a friend of mine recently, um, actually, I say recently, it was a little over a year ago, but he, he said to me, it, uh, he, he needed to make some decisions concerning church, and he found that his heart was pulling, being pulled away from people onto issues. And he got before the Lord, he said, Lord, these issues are really important, um, and, and so I, I, need to, I need to have wisdom on these issues. And he was, he was pulling himself and pulling his heart away and, and pulling just that aspect of, of who he was away from people. And the Lord said, let me take care of building the church. You build love and community. So I love that. I will build my church. Not you will build my church. It's I will build my church. And so let's let him take care of, of the things that are beyond our ability. And let's focus on love and community. That's just really important. <clears throat> um, I want to highlight, I don't normally do numbered sermons. But as I was going through here, I just numbered them on the side. So in case you want to take notes. But I think, Lord, I, it was just, I was looking at, at, at people. I, I'm, a, I'm a gazer of people. Okay? It doesn't mean that I just stare at people. It means I gaze at why they do what they do. I want to I, I have wisdom. Wisdom comes a couple ways. You get knocked on the head a number of times. And you realize, huh, I should not run into the brick wall. Um, or you watch someone else run into a brick wall. And then they fall over half dead and they're bleeding all over. And you go, I shouldn't do that. And so I can do the running or I can watch people. And so I've watched people over the years just 
do some things that create havoc and not unity. And then they live, when you create havoc and not unity, or when you focus on issues, you live in the world of, of havoc, and you live in the world, ready for this, of what's wrong. Because you'll always see something wrong in front of you. Okay? If you bring that into your marriage, oh, boy. Boy, she doesn't cook like my mother. <laughs> I won't ask you, men, how many have ever said that once. <laughs> yeah, and you'll have your own room just like when you were a little boy. <laughs> so there are, there are certain ways of gaining wisdom. And as I watch and I, I do, uh, I'm, I'm a doofus like everybody else, okay? Let's just say that. I, you know, we're all created in the image of God, and then we learn how to be doofuses. And, <laughs> you know, um, so I, I will do things out of that, uh, but I want to learn. I want to I grow. And, and, and I've just watched people over the years saying what they're doing is creating havoc and disconnect. What he's doing or she's doing is creating harmony and unity. And so I want to highlight, rather than going after the, after the other, I want to highlight those things that, that build people. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Number one, the church is us. It's not a small group of professionals. When you say church, your, your brain goes to a local church, and it goes to a building, and then it goes to an organization within the building. And then you separate that from you, because you're not a part of the organization. You do that all in one split second. Is that right? And then you say it's, it's us and them. And then when they don't do what they, you think that they should do, then we have disunity starting. And so I just want to say, um, I was a part, when we, we started the, the House of Prayer in Kansas City, it, it, we started in April of 99, and it grew uh, it started 13 hours a day in April of 99. And by September of 99, just those few months later, we were up to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop, and it's never stopped since. That's 84 two-hour sets a week. Now, if you're building disharmony and disconnection, you're in trouble. My role, I was over, over the worship at that time. My role was to... to, to see um, competition and comparison and crush it. My role was to, to come and encourage, to bring life, to bring love, to show a father's heart, to, to bring a different idea of what something could be and to promote a, uni a unity that <clears throat> when someone got up and they begin, began to shine, that somebody sitting down there would go, well, that should be me. When you get that way, you're in trouble. You, you, you know, it's like the person that walks into the room. There's two kinds of people that walk into a room. One walks into a room and says, here I am. And the other one person walks into the room and goes, oh, there you are. It just, it is focus. It is what you see and what you want to see. Do you want people to see you or do you want to see people? Are you looking for position and power or are you looking to bless and uplift? And we always, we have a choice all day long, all day, every situation. When we walk into here, when we, you know, when that car, 
Cuts in front. I've, I did lose my salvation once over there. Um, John 12, 4 just says, we are many members but one body. We're one body. I've been somehow um, flummoxed over the years that people have looked to the local church to develop programs for them to get relationships. When did we start doing that? I remember years ago, <coughs> my local church growing up, it was a particular denomination, they did nothing for us to get relationships. I mean, seriously, they, they just didn't. We came and we had a service and we went home, but I had tons of relationships. Why? Because I want relationships. If you don't want them, don't look to a group of people to establish something so that you can find relationships. Now, that happens naturally. Right here, this right here helps to establish a, a, a platform for people to connect. This is not a deep well right here of relationships. This is a gathering, and you gather, and out of the gathering, over time, you, you meet people, you see people, and you find yourself connecting with certain people. Certain people you don't, but that's not a negative thing. It's only a positive thing to who God's connecting you with. And then you move into the centric circle in, inside and you begin to, to maybe do things. So you had a couple of gals coming up and talking about volunteers. And I'll tell you something, any time people volunteer to do something together, there's a spirit of unity that's attached to it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. <clears throat> and you begin to, what, what scripture calls, you begin to become wonderful comrades. So it goes from gathering to function, and function brings in wonderful comrades. And sometimes over time, these wonderful comrades, like the, the 70 became 12, well, the 12 became three. And in the midst of those wonderful comrades, you see someone, and instantly, that's what happened with Ryan. Ryan, Ryan and I, you know, um, we're 20 years difference. We had one lunch together. I was in love with that man. Love his family. They are, to me, like family. Just, I just think the world of them. But it was, it was instant. And then we found out we played golf. <laughs> Listen, this, we're not a bunch of professionals. <laughs> Number two, create an atmosphere of honor. Honor is the language of heaven. Honor is the language of heaven. In Proverbs, the, the first eight or nine chapters is all about wisdom. And when you see what wisdom does, how wisdom yells out, how wisdom is this. And in, in 830 and 31, there's an interesting verse that says, <clears throat> I was daily his delight. And wisdom is saying, oh, daily I was his delight. And when, when the <clears throat> Jewish scholars fleshed that out, it, it was hard for them to try to figure out how could one person be a delight of someone else back in eternity because it talks about the creation of, of all that was, how can there be multiple entities? And so they were flummoxed by this. I use flummoxed twice already. I never use flummoxed. Okay, I'm going to find one more spot for it later on. <laughs> and, and what it really meant was that Jesus was the Father's daily delight. And the word daily doesn't mean 24 hours. It means constant. They, in other words, in eternity, Father and Son, by the Spirit of God, constantly delighted in each other. Oh, 
That, so in other words, heaven is about delighting in those that you're with. Now, as it is in heaven, so let it be. So let's bring down the language and the spirit of heaven, the atmosphere of honor that's there. <clears throat> and, you know, when you're with someone, do me a favor. Don't wait for them to ask you questions. That's a big thing with some people. Like either they didn't ask me one question. I had to ask them questions. You know what? That's okay. Your role is, you know, you're not just to sit there, you answer, answer two questions, and you go, okay, um, <clears throat> ask me a bunch of questions now. If it's, if it's not there for them to ask, don't create a different person with them. Let God take them on the journey so that they can get beyond themselves, but don't be the Holy Spirit with them. Okay? Just enjoy the fact you're with someone, and they're, you know, you, you are a sounding board for them, and it's working at the moment. Otherwise, you're going to become very frustrated with people. Because some people you, you can be with, and they never, and they're friends, and they never ask you one question. Hey, how you doing? And you're like, whoa, I'm doing good, thanks. And oh, oh, yeah, me too. And let me tell you about all that happened this week. So they asked you a question, but they cut you off. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> when they finally ask you a question, they don't let you finish your answer. It's a springboard to their next thing. By the way, if you're listening to this and that's you, um, you might want to listen to people when they're talking to you instead of trying to come up with the next thing you want to say. Just saying. It's called honor. Honor means when someone's with you, they're with you. They've got you. They've got your heart. They've got your eyes. They're looking at you. You're connected to them. Dishonor is, is, you know, someone's talking to you and you're like, oh, yeah, just go ahead, go ahead. Uh, trivia today, this day in history. Uh, let's see now. Oh, what four things that could happen before a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what Facebook has got. No, this is a really important. It's my wife. It's my wife, yeah. What's on your mind? Happy birthday, Devlin. Oh. You know, and you're sitting there watching this take place. It's, it's very belittling and dishonoring to be on the other end of someone's disinterest. So if you're there, be connected. Bring the honor. If someone is your daily delight, your constant delight, that means when you're there, you're delighting and honoring them while they're there. Is that okay? Number three, understanding boundaries. This is not so much about setting boundaries. <clears throat> Some of you are like, Yes, boundaries. I love boundaries. No, it's not setting boundaries. It's seeing boundaries. I have some friends who have different, you know, I was, actually we were out playing golf a couple years ago with, <clears throat> with Ryan and a friend, Rod Campbell, and another friend, Vinny. And between the four of us, we have 13 girls and no boys. Yeah, there you go. We drank the same water. <clears throat> and... Um, my youngest will be 36 in December. So my, my kids are all older. Um, and your girls are teenagers. And Vinny's kids at the time, none of them were teenagers. One might have been 12 or 13. And Rod's were all in their early 20s. So we've got teenagers, no, preteens, Teens, 
20s and 30s. Now, if I were to, if I were to not think about boundaries and think about self, when it's time to go play golf, see a movie, do something I want to do, I can call somebody up and say, hey, Rod, you want to come? And, and he might, yeah, actually, I can be there. <clears throat> Maybe Ryan can't. He's got teenage daughters. Vinny can't. And I get, I don't understand because I don't see the boundaries that his lifestyle has created. If I don't respect and see and honor someone else's boundaries, I push them past their boundaries, and I can actually hinder their relationships in their home because I'm pushing because I have different boundaries. Does that make sense? Seeing boundaries is so important. People are all in different seasons. <clears throat> I also need to understand when a relationship, ready for this one, is not happening. <laughs> if I want a relationship to happen and it's not happening, I'm going to hold on until I, they become my best friend because God told me they're going to be my best friend. That probably wasn't God. Okay? He might have said, love them like your best friend. Wow. But I, I, I've never said to anyone, the Lord told me that you're gonna, you and I are going to be really close. That's manipulation. That ain't, that ain't right. I would be flummoxed if I did that. <laughs> Listen, trying to force a relationship is ugly for both people. The greatest friendships just happen. They become. How are we doing? Four. Recognize the entrance of a political spirit. I'm not talking about politics right here. I'm talking about a political spirit. What is a political spirit? Usually it's a question inserted into a conversation, into a relationship that's meant to divide. A political spirit asks unveiling questions. Like in Genesis, yea hath God said? That's the first political spirit that entered. Yea hath God said, what did that do? That put doubt into Eve's heart. That doubt transferred to Adam and together they fell. Why? Because when you, when you receive the doubt and the political spirit from someone else, you're receiving something that you have no grace for. Someone can be going through something, God gives them grace for that thing. And they, out of frustration, begin to share it with you. And, and you pull it in because, yeah. Why? Because that gives you some, you feel powerful at the moment. It's a false power. But you do. But you don't have grace for the situation because you're not in the situation. You're being brought in by a political spirit. I've seen nothing divide like questions that, that unveil situations or questions that, that put in a falsehood that is 90% false and 10% true. And then inside you see the 10% true and you run with it. And here's what happens. When you, when you do that, you, you create what I call false friends. False friends are friendships based on something that you're running with together that's against others. That's political spirit. Isn't this fun? <laughs> it 
it's usually it's not usually an overt attack it usually comes in under the radar and it almost always is rooted in someone's hurt someone's expectations that weren't fulfilled oh that so and so would have done this if if they would have done that if the church would have done this I tell you I, I command that you love one another that command over takes the command to listen to your friend who's complaining you sometimes you have to just say you know what I love you I love you you're my dear friend I can't take what you're going through listen to it because you still need to process it and you're hurt and I love you but I can't go there with you part five real fast see relationships like they were a garden yeah, I want to weed my friend. No, <laughs> no. It's a garden that needs to be tended. And here's what it is. You weed your garden and water theirs. Weed your own garden and water your neighbors. Put love, lavish love and affection on them. And then when, when you feel like you have, I just got then go and do some weeding. Get rid of some of those things that, you know, you, you look into the garden, you go, oh my gosh, it's a huge plank. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <clears throat> Listen, I don't want to do anything that makes somebody else stumble and fall. By the grace of God, I've been involved in a number of churches over the years. God's always brought us for a season. We've been there to help, to encourage, to strengthen. <clears throat> and then he has moved us on. Much to my, um, uh, I, I would like to be in a place forever, and, and God doesn't seem to let us do that. And I'm sorry for my wife that I can't give her that life because I'm partly nomad. Um, but in the midst of partly being nomad, I have burned no bridges. There's not a church I haven't been, I've been involved in that I can't walk back in, be loved, be accepted be brought to the front, be honored. I'm not saying that's huge. What I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm not here to burn bridges. I'm, I'm here to build. When I come, when I come here, every, every couple churches that I've been involved in had two services. My favorite time, I said it last time, my favorite time is the half hour or 45 minutes between the two services. Oh, but you've been a worship leader. It should be worship. Yep, I extend my worship by loving people for that half hour, 45 minutes. I go around to as many people as I can. I have in the past, I'm getting to know people here, but just to go around and to bless people, to give them two minutes of time to tell them how great they are. All right, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna do this right here. I'm gonna give you 60 seconds, and I want you to turn to someone. This is what I want you to do. I want you to tell them why they're special to you. Go. This is so fun. Now, 
When I have a little longer, I, I go to a lot of a lot of schools around the country. Uh, actually, I just got invited to a school in Tahiti. I cannot wait to go to that school. <laughs> but where, where, wherever they are, I, I love to take time and, and people or, or in churches when they're gathered, when you have time, I do this thing called I Love You Because. And I wrote a book off it uh, called The Love Project, but it, I love you because and I want, and I will say, now I want you to take five minutes and get in groups of three or four max, and I want you to each to tell, I love you because, and then finish the sentence. And then people start, and they start gathering, they're like, really awkward. They're like, I don't know, I can't do this yet. And then at the end of five minutes, I love you, God, I love you so much. <laughs> it's so great. We need to create those moments. We look around the table. We do that in our house when my, gra my grandkids are around and, and Thanksgiving or Christmas, wherever. We'll go around and we'll, we'll do, let's do I love you because. And they're, yes, I love you because. Because they, they want to tell you why they love you. I love you because you, you make me laugh. Awesome. It, just something, a connection. N number six, real fast. Uh, understand the seasonal aspect of relationships. <clears throat> Uh, we've been in Kansas City, Nashville, Rochester, New York, New York City. Now we're in Harrisburg. Um, <clears throat> we have moved around and our, 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 some in our journey, relationships were for a season. Others uh, were, were just under function that we did. Others we've connected with and they become lifelong friends. The Roy's, I, 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 will, never, I will never lose them and they will never be lost from my heart. I love them. They're, they're lifelong friends. Others I worked with for a bit, and I love them, but it was just a function. So we, if you think every kind of relationship has to be a lifelong one, please let that go, okay? Because you just put an expectation on someone who doesn't see it the same way. They're functioning with you as a wonderful comrade, but when that's done, you want to keep going, and they're like, no, I'm over here now. It's it's, I, I need to understand, I, and that's, that's honor. I need to honor that. There's all sorts of kind of relationship. There's the, the casual weekly connection, the periodic joint activity type, and then you have the heart-to-heart. -heart. And understand where they're at at the moment. Sometimes those functional relationships turn into heart relationships and turn into forever friends, but they don't always. So don't hold on. Let God take it. Two real fast, and this to me is one of the most important ones. Break bread together. Oh, that went over well. Let me try that again. <laughs> Break bread together. Get into each other's homes and share meals. We just had these guys over the other night. I love it. I love them. We share time together. <clears throat> Steve and Kathleen, we're either at their house or they're at our house. I mean, what? We've been together two or three times in the last week, week and a half. God help me. <clears throat> Give us more times together. You say, oh, my home's a mess. Then clean it. <laughs> clean your house. What is more important? Having a dirty house or having lifelong friendships? Clean your house. Oh, I don't cook well. You know what? When someone's coming over to your home, they're not cooking, and they're just happy that they're not cooking. My wife is an amazing cook, and sometimes people have said to me, you know, I'd have you over, but your wife's 
she's like a gourmet cook, and I, there's no way. And I just said, you know what? She'll be happy just to be there. She'll get some tea. She'll bring a tea bag. It doesn't really matter to her. She just doesn't want to have to cook. And if you cook, she's going to be really happy and have a wonderful evening together. There's all sorts of reasons why we don't. Let's create why we do. Listen, <clears throat> eating together doesn't have to be a huge project. Order pizza, pick up a sub. I don't care. Tell the persons you're coming, you know, you bring something, you bring something. I'll make dessert and I'll have a fire here and just create a way to come together. Because over food and in, in homes, you see the pictures on the wall. You see the guitar over in the corner. You see the dog that's sitting on the guy's lap and you never would have thought that guy was a dog person. But the dog down his lap and he's loving on the dog and you're seeing something about him that you would never see if you didn't get into their home. We're about ready to move into a larger facility. And what's gonna happen is sometimes it's gonna be more spread out. This is, I love it in here. This is awesome. Matter of fact, I, we've been talking and I think we're gonna stop the building and just have this all winter long. No, we didn't, no. Okay, sorry. He's looking at me like, oh, for the love of God, stop. <clears throat> Listen, when I see your kids, your vacation spots, and your dreams, I see what's really in your heart. We need to do that. <clears throat> the last one, <clears throat> create a world where people can come and go from your life, from the church, from the town, as God leads them. And don't feel that you have to be the Holy Spirit to keep everyone. I, I want to have a place in my heart where people feel like my home is a place they can always come to. But if, if they're feeling like, you know, if we create this friendship and it's, it's really sweet, I do not want them to feel guilty about saying yes to God if they have to go. Oh, I just don't want to talk to Chris. I don't ever want that to happen. I don't ever want anyone to be afraid. I don't, I, and, and I know the leadership here doesn't want, doesn't own it. Listen, leadership is not ownership, okay? I've been in leadership for, I don't know, 87 years. And, <clears throat> and I, I know one thing, I own no one. I don't own that woman there. She's my gift. And that's how I have to look at people. And they're a gift sometimes for a period of time. And sometimes God says to them, I want you to go and I want you to leave. And then they need to be able to leave without people feeling going, oh, what's, what's going on with them? And they need to be able to leave with blessing and honor. <clears throat> Listen, I've, I was in a church once years ago. You weren't allowed to leave unless the pastor said you could leave. Talk about control. When people, people would get job offers that would double their pay and give them a gorgeous home in another area, they would turn it down if the pastor said, no, I want you really to be here. That's just so wrong. We need to create an atmosphere where people feel absolutely welcome walking through these doors. And then if they have to go, we, we send them with love and honor and blessing. That's the community I want to be in. I'll tell you, I feel very honored when I come here. I just want to say thank you. I am so new, and this is the second time I've spoken. And I'm kind of pinching myself, going, I love these people. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. I really am. You're a very loving and gracious and honoring people. 
And may the community that is built here be built on those biblical things that I just talked about here today, that Jesus is coming and looking and goes, wow, Providence loves so well. I love the way they receive people. I love the way that they grow with them. I love the, the, the liberty they give each other to do their lives in God. And when it comes time, I love the way that they allow people to move on in me. Do me close your eyes for a second. Just set your hand on your heart for a second. Father, I just ask for each one here today. <clears throat> We're no longer strangers. We're not foreigners. As Paul said to the Ephesians, fellow citizens with the saints. We're all members of the household of God. <clears throat> the whole building is fitted together. We're being built together. And your word says it's a place being built for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would come, that you would do that. You would build a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome to move, to teach us, to grow, to bring unity. Because the greater unity we have, the, the sharper the tip of the spear, the greater effect, the greater the influence because we're one, which means that you're here and you dwell where people are one. So let this be a dwelling place for the Spirit of God because we've said yes to your command to love one another. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.